0: It's the Speeway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host,
1: Speeway. Well, hi, and welcome to the Speeway Show. Our topic today is part of the Two Independent Series, and it is entitled, Examining Your Relationship Model. Marriage will upgrade my status. I will have the right couple friends in the right neighborhood with the right husband. If this is your way of thinking, then you need to listen to this show. This is just one relationship model that singles sometimes take into the marital union that may make it difficult to settle successfully into your marriage. We are going to talk today about that and what other models are out there and how to change your paradigm. My returning guest today is Dr. Antoinette Smith, author of the book, You Are More Than What Meets the Eye, The Independent Woman's Guide to Becoming Wifely Material. If you haven't picked up a copy of this fascinating book by now, you can get it from the posting for this or any of the two independent episodes on www.speedway.com. And if I sound like you should have done it by now, it's because you should have. This is actually the fourth in our two independent series. And um, I have read the book. I think it's a fantastic book. I think every single woman, as a matter of fact, should read this book. The book isn't only good, by the way, for singles, but for married women trying to define their role as a successful wife. Because personally, I know some married women that aren't doing a terribly good job at the whole married thing. Some of you may be wives out there, but you may not be particularly good at it. I am talking to you, Dr. Antoinette Smith. Welcome to the
0: Speedway Show. Thank you, Stiway. I always love your show. Thank you so much. A great introduction.
1: For those of our listeners who haven't heard you speak before, um, share with us a little bit about yourself.
0: Oh, my goodness. I'm a researcher. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I have been married on my second marriage, and I'm telling you, I am such a better person. I am definitely... In uh, it to sustain my marriage. I have been married for a lovely one year and three months, as my husband would tell you. And I am living the best, best years of my life. As a matter of fact, my everybody's benefiting from just watching me and me being a role model when it comes to balancing uh, a family, a husband, and a career. And notice how I put the husband in, in his own category, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> Three balances, yes.
1: Well, and as I recall, uh from all the conversations that we have had, uh you were actually a pretty darn happy single woman when you were single. I was. I I was happy single. <laughs>
0: uh that's just because did you I did know. With some hesitation. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, you know have you ever driven from A to B for let's say three years and then you decide to take another route either just because you were exploring or someone told you it was a quicker way, a faster way, a safer safer way. And so that's what happened with me. So while I was comfortable driving from A to B, there was definitely a better life waiting for me. It just took me to do some change, to, to see some things different about life. It took me to travel and be exposed and, it you know, the main thing is it took me to have a desire to change. You have to have a desire to change. Nobody's going to have that desire for you. Even me speaking to your listeners now, I cannot give them the desire. they got to have that desire themselves. But once they have desire or at least just a desire to pick up my book or any book that may be helpful for them, that's the first step. hmm
1: so do you believe then, I, well, I guess you do, that women have relationship models?
0: Oh, yes. Women, we all have models of some sort. And but some are healthy and, and some are not so healthy. So, you know, there's the RUN model, for example. And what this model, that? yes, this model takes you to the first exit at the sign of trouble. You know, and then you have your model of, you know, he's too I, short.
1: Oh, I kind okay. like
0: this run model. You do? So. Let's
1: <laughs> <laughs> talk about the run model. <laughs> I'm thinking, hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> so. All those women like me who might be going, oh, wait just a minute. You know, I think I might have used that model a time or two. And uh, I seem to remember actually being kind of relieved when I ran because it was like, whoa, baby mama drama, I am out of here. And <laughs> and was happily out of there. Um, <laughs> so, what's wrong with the run model? Should you well, the run, run model kind of bubble
0: up? Well, you can't run at the sign of trouble because, you know, if there is, uh, if you have a lot of trouble, then you need to run. But the run model says that any time I am uncomfortable, you know, I'm going to do my thing where I jump out the car, I leave the house, I get on the phone and call my girlfriend. Meaning, I do not sit there and face the situation. I do not. Okay. Try to benefit the relationship. I do not try to uh, to seek ways of how I can make things better. So the okay. run person says, "Listen, I've you know I've reached my limit and I'm out of here." And so if you find yourself doing that every single time, now let me explain something. To me, when you're in the run model, you 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 have the the sense that you have made a mistake. Because the run model feels like, hmm, it felt good to leave. But now I'm wondering if I ran too fast. Okay. So, you know, I I, I just believe that I'm speaking to intelligent women. And so we have to listen to ourselves. Are we running when we shouldn't run? Are we running when the, the going gets tough? And so if you can say, yes, I do that, I run when the going gets tough, going get you know, because just because of whatever, you don't like it, it's not going your way, it doesn't fit in your model, it makes you feel uncomfortable, then that's a problem because you cannot take that to a marriage. So if you want to know what's stopping you from perhaps having a successful marriage, you have got to wipe yourself clear of the run model. Well, you know, ironically, I did a show
1: a while ago. In fact, it was in June. Listeners, if you want to listen to the show, it's on the show dot com, and you can check out the posting. And it was called "Not the One Run," <laughs> and um, it uh, talked about some of the more serious signs that uh, perhaps you are, in fact in the wrong relationship, and so in the back of my head I was thinking, wait a minute, why does that sound so familiar? Okay, so I I, I do buy what you're saying, though, that 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 is not the, because what you're really describing is is not so much the, you know, I have identified some deep systemic problems. We've been to counseling, you know, for the past five years, and it's not working. You're talking about the person who is kind of the knee-jerk runner, right?
0: So, oh, first thing that happened, I'm out. Yes. Okay. You know, and I expose you to several different models that are what I label are paradigm-preserving models because these models are not healthy for a relationship. So if you find yourself in a model prior to marriage or maybe you just happen to be married and maintain this model, then it's going to be an uncomfortable situation for you. No one can be happily married under particular models. And so I'll just give you a few examples. Some people have the 50-50 model. You know, I give 50%, you give 50%. And so that's a model that's unhealthy for a marriage. Another model may be the investment model. I put all of this into the relationship, and therefore I expect a return. So that can't happen. That is an unhealthy model for a marriage. So, you know, if you find that you have one of the models that I identify in my book, I do tell you, you know, the problems with each model and how mm-hmm. you cannot have these models. You have to free yourself of these models before you bring another person into your life.
1: Okay, so, you know, as a listener, I might be thinking, well, you know, 50 um, 50 seems fair. <laughs> <laughs> you bring 50, I bring 50,
0: we get to 100, you know. I, how how is this a bad thing? Well, I mean, who's doing the measurement? Who's measuring? <laughs> well, okay, so that's the problem right there. And as
1: a matter of fact, not only am I measuring, <laughs> but I've probably decided that I'm bringing
0: in like 80% to his 20, right? <laughs> so it may be that however, you some things you cannot measure. Mhm. Okay. You you cannot you cannot measure attention. You cannot measure love. You cannot measure commitment. You cannot measure devotion. You cannot measure anything that anyone does for you. It, you just cannot put it. It's priceless. It is priceless. So you, it's just something you cannot measure. So the thing you said before is a lot of times when we do have this fifty fifty model, we're the ones <laughs> with the deal. You know, we're the ones that says, listen, here is what I have, and here is what you. Have and let's see if we can get them equal. And so you spend the entire relationship trying to balance, you know, the 50-50 when you will never get there. There is no way. Now, what happens when you get to a 20% or if you ever get to a 20% you know, and he is at 80? What if he treats you the same way? See, when the shoe is on the other, fo- on, on the other foot, it doesn't feel good at all. So, again, you want to love someone the way that you would want to be loved. I did divorce work for the first five years of my career, and I have to say
1: that in the divorce environment, there is a lot of investment model thinking, especially if the wife worked in the home while the husband worked outside the home. Part of what heightens this mindset at divorce time is when the husband tries to minimize the wife's contribution as a way of gaining financial leverage in the divorce settlement. And then in that case, the woman you know, then says, yeah, but I have invested in this relationship. I have made significant physical, emotional, spiritual, and other contributions. I am the one who we agreed was going to stay home with the kids while you... Um, went out and earned the bread. I am the one who had to start over X number of times while so that we could follow your career as you went up the ladder. And, you know, you hear that a lot when relationships fall apart. And that's what I thought of when I was reading your book and I got to the investment model, and I thought, you know, that sounds awful familiar. Um, to the woman who would say, but I have invested – Significantly in the relationship, and I ought to get a return. Then, what would you say to her?
0: I would tell her this: that her work was not done in vain. In other words, in other words, I'm sorry, it served a purpose. Okay, mm-hmm. so love to me is about benefiting the other. So let's suppose you were not a cook, but you got married, and all of a sudden you learn how to cook. And the only reason you learn how to cook and the only reason you became a great cook was because of your man. But your man decides that there are he has other options. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason the marriage did not work. So for one thing we cannot put it on the cooking, right? Because there's plenty of dynamics that take place in a marriage. But let's suppose you said to yourself, "Listen, I learned how to cook for this guy. You know, I came home early, I took off, I, you know, I took vacations just to go to cooking classes, whatever the case may have been, and all of us is not paying off. Well, guess what? You mm-hmm. take your skills and you keep those skills and you improve those skills because there is someone else out there waiting for you that's going to benefit from the things that you learned in, in that relationship. So I'm just saying, you know, we do things to benefit others. But a lot of times, we are the ones that receive the benefit. And, I you, know, I, you know, I brought up the cooking because there was one time in my life where I did not know how to cook. And so I was the one who said, if you want to date me, if you want to marry me, you have to know how to cook because cooking was just not my thing. You know, and I would have a problem if... For some reason, that man said, I did all this cooking for you and and you're leaving me? No, no, no. So, uh, uh, and I do understand how women feel. I do understand how we believe that we put a lot into it. But you should never go into a relationship thinking, I give A, I'm going to receive B. It's just not going to happen that way. You have to give unconditionally. You have to love unconditionally. And when you do things just because, to benefit others, you're gonna you're gonna get yours. There is there is no way the you know, they say what goes around comes around. And that applies to the goodness in you. So you give goodness, guess what? It's coming right back around to you.
1: Well, you know too, um I read a book once upon a time called The Five Love Languages that suggested a couple of things that there are number one, that there are five ways that people internalize love. And number two, most of the time when two people get married, they do not have the same love language. Therefore, if what you are doing is you're doing the quid pro quo, if, for example, your love language is words of affirmation where, you know, you like someone to esteem you, oh, you're so lovely, oh, thank you so much for making dinner today, oh, you know, if that's your love language, And let's say your partner has a different love language. Let's say his love language is um, uh, gifts. And so his thing is, you know, he loves it when you give him little gifts, when you leave him little notes around the house, a little post-it note in his briefcase, hey, I was thinking about you. So, you know, if you've got different ideas of what love is to you, then you never win if you are looking for the quid pro quo because what happens is the other person is going to love you in the way that they like to be loved or in the way that they know how to express love. And if that's not the language that you understand, then you may miss half the stuff they do because you're busy waiting to get your quid pro quo in the way that you would express it. And so you miss it completely.
0: Yes, I definitely recommend that book, The Five Love Languages. Uh, It's a quick read, and I learned from it. In
1: your experience and observation, does the relationship model ever change when a woman gets married, or does it stay the same?
0: Oh, your model should grow. It should expand. You cannot use it. And, you know, I have to tell you that concerns me when people believe the same model they had as a single woman can be the same model they use as a married woman. So it cannot be the same model. It it has to be a model that promotes healthy marriage. It has to be a model that says, I care for my spouse. I want my spouse to be happy. Uh, I want my family to be happy. And it has to be a model that says, I am committed. I have vows. So, And it has to be a model based on solid foundation. You know, it has to come with plenty of love, plenty of forgiveness for sure, plenty of humbleness. And, you know, so and you have to have wifely characteristics to just understand all of this. A lot of times married women do not sit down and have a heart-to-heart discussion with single women. And so I call myself doing that because I have been single for a long time and I have had years of experience being married. And I have interviewed people and consulted, you know, men, women, all types of races. So I am just saying there, there's so much that goes into a marriage that as a single woman, you cannot practice a marriage model unless you're married. So... You cannot even begin to believe that the model that you have right now as a single woman, that you can apply that to a marriage. It can't happen. So then how do I know if I've got the right mode of thinking before I get married? You know, the best thing you can do is to, again, like I said in the beginning, have that desire to change and then Mm -hmm. constantly do that spring cleaning to just question every single thought that you have. And see, a lot of times we think certain ways just because of our heritage, because someone told us we should think that way. I mean, it's not the way we were born. We were not born, and you've all heard this, we were not born with fears and expectations. So how did you get certain fears about marriage? How did you get certain expectations about a man and about marriages, you have got to go back in your history. You've got to look deep in yourself and figure this out. Okay. You know, there are at least two individuals involved. And so you are taking on your life that you're still trying to develop and grow, and you're taking on the life of someone else. So that's a lot for anyone to handle. So you have to be prepared, and you just have to constantly – grow and, and try to self-explore. And, and here's the thing. You're going to attract the right person in your life, and they may expose you to things that you did not uncover for yourself. Because, see, they see you. They they feel your spirit. They know where you're trying to go. And, you know, they're going to want to, want to be a part of that. And you're going to probably bump heads, but the bumping heads and the trials that you go through and the problems you go through, should take you back to the drawing board and say, okay, what's happening here? What's happening here? Is it you know, what do I need to consider at this very moment? Okay, so then
1: in the end, is there a is there an ideal model that I should have in my mind as a single woman?
0: There let me just explain that because um, I know there are women out there who are married and that mm-hmm. may have a problem staying married. I, You know, you, you hear about it, right? And so I cannot speak for all single women. I can't do that. Uh, but I just want to, you know, make clear that it's always easier to get married than it is to stay married. Staying married oh, is yeah. very difficult. So I don't want any woman to believe that you, you know, you're successful or you've accomplished, you know, everything you need just because you're married. So what I want to say is for me and for other women, the model that says that I will do my part is the model that you want. The model that says I will look at myself. The model that says I will acknowledge my limitations. The model that says I cannot be selfish. So while the world teaches us to to focus on ourselves, we cannot be that way in in a marriage. So a model that says that you truly want the best for your spouse, you know, a model that says I want my spouse to feel loved by me, regardless of what it looks like, what he's going through, what I'm going through, the model that says I want me and my spouse to feel like we're best friends for each other. The model that takes you to that mirror and have you look at yourself, reevaluate who you are as a person, learn and grow. The model that benefits someone else. The model, I'm almost done here because whatever your model is, you've got to make sure it is free of anything where it's a self benefit only for you. There should not be envy involved, revenge protection involved, any underlying motivations, all of these are indications that you need to go back to the drawing board and look at your model. So your model should sustain your marriage through the highs and the lows. So when when I say this, what I'm saying to you is, as a married woman, I cannot predict tomorrow, I cannot predict 10 years from now. There's so much going on in the world, I'm not even capable of doing that. But what I do know is that I have a model that says that however I'm feeling, I have got to get back to my model, the model that says that I love my husband, the model that says I'm in it to win it. And so this is the model that you want to have. You want to have a model that incorporates all of these things that I have just discussed.
1: Well, you know, um, it's a challenge when you are single to truly be self-less, right? Because the question that you're always sort of wondering and perhaps even worrying about is, is this guy going to hurt me? Am I going to find that I am overly exposed? And then he's going to walk off and, you know, leave my heart in shambles and so on. So, you know, to the woman who is who says, "Yes, but you know, um, what if he hurts my feelings? And what if he walks away? Then, now I do. I I, I have a plan for
0: myself. <laughs> I don't know yes. if it's a model, the model, but I, I just have... want to let you know. Yes, huh? I, I've been there. I've actually been there. I've been where. So even with my current husband, only with my current husband, because before him I I could never bring myself to say I'm going to reveal all of me. I'm going to show you all of me. I'm going to take a risk and let you see, you know, all the pieces, the good and the bad about me. I I would never take that risk before. But there's something that you should have, especially if you're if you if you've gone through a transition. There's something in you that should make you be willing to take the risk with that particular person. Now, I don't advise this to just do it with any man because you have to go through a process where you become wise enough to say, I need to discuss this with this person because mm-hmm. I'm trying to take it to another level. And a lot of times when we're here in this in this place, we're struggling. We're struggling and, and we test it. We say, okay, is this the night? that I need to reveal this part about me. You know, and you may say, no, 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 it's uncomfortable right now. But you just have to constantly say, why do I feel uncomfortable about it? Is it me or is he not the right person to receive it? And then by this time, you should have enough people in your life where you could, you know, go to them and say, listen, this is how I'm feeling. You know, what do you think? And in in my case, you know, which is completely my case, this is all I can speak on, is that I completely went to my then boyfriend who you know he's my mm-hmm. husband now but at that time he was my boyfriend he had not proposed to me but I had made up my mind made up in my mind that if he is truly the person for me then he has to know these things about me he has to know my insecurities he you know and and the strange thing about it what I saw as insecurities he did not see those things And he thought his job was to make me feel better, but he didn't understand he had already did his job because it took so much for me to just expose myself. Mm -hmm. And so just for him to listen and for me, it was all about, at that point it was all about me because I knew I was transitioning. So I was challenging myself, can you release this information and so what? So what if he laughs, so what if he breaks up with you that minute? So what if you feel like a fool? So what? So I had to have that mentality to get there because really the challenge and the healing was for me and only me. But I benefited because even more so I benefited because he received it.
1: Well, you know, I have adopted and I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a model up Listeners, it's not in the book. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call mine the practice model, and the practice model for me is. It, it goes back to an earlier show that we did where we we talked about. This is a show entitled "It's Not Him, It's You." And uh, listeners, I encourage you to go and listen to that because it is the companion to this show. And one of the things that we talked about in that show is the fact that there is always something about you that you can change, that you can alter, that you can even, dare we say, improve in order to get, to attract the relationship that you want. So my practice model is along those lines that everything I do in a relationship is an is actually an investment in my growth, right? So... If I go and I learn to cook and this guy walks off and leaves the relationship, that's okay because I have now invested one more thing in myself. If I have taken myself out of my natural inclination and I have treated him uh, in a way that is courteous, respectful, submissive, even when he did not deserve it, if he still walks off, that's okay because I have now practiced. In this relationship, the modeling of the behavior that I want to have and that I want to exhibit in any relationship, right? I mean, who truly, I mean, we do it all the time as women, right? But who truly should ever regret having treated another human being well, right? I gave you everything. (laughs) You know how we do. I gave you everything. I gave you my heart, my soul, my time. I gave you the best (laughs) of me, and you left. And now I bust the windows out your car. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> that's what we do. And so I always think, well, actually, all of yes, that really good behavior show. made you, me a better person, like right? <laughs> Didn't it make me a better person? So what am I so mad about if he left? And perhaps if he left, there's some there's some lesson in his departure <laughs> that I can take and think, you know, self, maybe. I need to stop dating guys who exhibit these particular signs because, you know, the past five seem to have all had the same signs and it kind of went the same way. So, you know, at the end of the day, if I view it as it's always an investment in learning about men, in learning about me, in understanding better what I do, don't want, what God wants from me, should I have, you know, the intelligence to even ask, then, you know, it's never wasted. The time that you spend in a relationship, good, bad, or indifferent, I don't think it's ever wasted because it actually always makes you better if you allow it to, and if you allow those lessons to become internal to you so you can do things differently and to the extent that there are things about yourself that you're really liking or there are things that men and other women are expressing to you that are really good. About the changes that you're making, then, you know, you just benefit and you keep going. So that's
0: my model. <laughs> I agree. I call that the investment model. I agree with you completely. That's the investment model. You know, everything you okay. do ends up benefiting benefiting you because as long as you're growing and you're learning how to do something better, then you do benefit so actually when you talk about the
1: investment model, there
0: is a distinction between
1: I am investing in this
0: relationship for you.
1: <laughs> and well, here's the therefore, thing. Therefore, I accept exactly
0: benefit Well, you. you. you, I say the, and let me step back for a second because I say the investment model is incorrect, but what you just described is the way you should think about, instead of thinking exactly. about it as you're putting everything into him, You are growing. You're just becoming a better person. And, you know, he just happens to benefit through your growth. And so you can never go wrong with love. You can never go wrong with just benefiting someone else. And so that's what I explain how women who believe that, you know, just like that demonstration, which is really good about, you know, breaking the you know the windows out and all of that stuff. I mean, and I and I really like that because that's what I try to do when I speak. I just try to be my authentic self, because we really need to get at the heart of some of the issues that we face as women. And so you gave that story and um, you know that example, and I really like that because you know when we when we have the investment model, which is completely wrong. It causes us to react in such a way because we feel like, you know, I've given you everything, I've exposed myself, I've done this for you and I've done that for you and and you treated me this way and, you know, now I have to get even. You know, you feel that way and, you know, but if you never go into a relationship thinking about the investment model, you don't react that way. You pretty much says, listen, you know, uh, I did my part. I did everything that I knew how to do. And that's the only way that you can look at it, and then you just keep moving forward.
1: Mhm. Wrote a song about it. Somebody did, in fact. And yeah. um, do you remember the song? Have you heard the song? I'm listening. <laughs> can you hear it? <laughs> this is where I got it. So I'm just going to let you hear the very first couple of words, because when I heard the song, I just died laughing. Here it comes. Here we go. Okay.
0: Oh, my goodness, yes.
1: <laughs> So
0: that was a very popular song. So, you know, every single woman can relate to that song. Oh, And so this, uh,
1: for those of you who have not heard this really funny, well, I mean, it, I'm sure it wasn't supposed to be funny, but it just made me laugh. It was sung by a woman named Jasmine Sullivan. That's Jasmine with a Z. And, um, I always, I always think about this song and all those other songs where you know women get really upset. And uh, I think Carrie Underwood did one, and it was called "Before He Cheats," where she talked about how she just destroyed this man. Oh, man's one of my truck.
0: favorite songs.
1: Yes. Oh, yes, well, yes. there you go. <laughs> yes, I could see her with her
0: her cowgirl boots on and everything. Yes. And her crowbar just, oh yes, tearing yes. up that truck. <laughs>
1: And you know, the thing that I always found kind of funny about songs like this is that, you know, the, the the underlying theme is that he should not cheat on anybody else. Not because it's the wrong thing to do, not because he loves me so much, but because he should be afraid for his property. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 so I'm a
0: well. and some women the believe motivation. that works, but there there are better ways. There are better ways.
1: But I'll bet you that most women who have who have most adult women and probably men too have had that thought <laughs> at least yes. more than once. Should I yes. guess and I have I have to say I have I have delightful girlfriends and my bestest best friend Bridget, she is quick to say, you know, on, on, on the occasions when I've called her and said, Bridget, I can't believe what that man did and if it's especially egregious, she's like, Girlfriend, do you need me to come over with my back? <laughs> <laughs> the windows on his car Yes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she never would But you know it always cheers me up And it makes me oh no no that's okay <laughs> yes. But we can't have a toast To what a low down dirty no good so and so He was <laughs> So Anyway well I've been entertained As you can tell
0: <laughs> Thank you um, I like the music I like the music yes
1: well, I'm glad. Um, so that was totally impromptu. So I hope the audience got to hear it because I, I was just—I didn't cue it up for anything, and I wasn't even thinking about that song until <laughs> we had that conversation. So I hope you all heard it. And if you didn't hear it, it's called "Bust Your Windows" by Jasmine Sullivan. If you missed um, the first two of the two independent series, I also highly recommend you check them out on Speedway.com and you can actually get a copy uh, of Dr. Smith's book on any one of these postings. You can uh, pick it up off of Amazon.com as well. And uh, the first of our show, I think I said it earlier, Uh, It was called Miss Too Independent, and the second was called But I Love My Independence, and the last one we did before this one was called It's Not Him, It's You. So you see the theme here. And uh, with that, I will say, Dr. Smith, thank you very much for joining me on the Speedway Show
0: today. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. I hope I have benefited just one woman, just one. Well, you benefited me. So, yeah, thank you <laughs> Okay, so hope for two Hope for two
1: <laughs> Hope for two Two <laughs> or more One <laughs> oh, Yes, indeed So, until next week This is Speedway saying Go in peace And check that relationship model
0: that you have Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show Visit thespeedwayshow.com For content and other episodes Join the fan page oh, at facebook.com Slash Show. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.